Kevin King. I'm Jim Staholsky. And you're listening to One More Turn. Uh, you're listening to Episode Zero, where we're just going to give you a little synopsis of what we plan to do with this podcast and introduce ourselves to you. Our hope is to take our lifelong fascination, our lifelong interest in video games, and just sort of break it down. You know, we're going to do a little bit of news, a little bit of an indie spotlight, uh, but the main portion, uh, which we're calling The Boss, is about taking a culturally significant video game and just sort of breaking it down to its bones. You're probably asking yourself, well, who are these two guys? What, what makes their opinion so important? And quite frankly, it might not be that important, but we're hoping it will eventually. I'm a insurance marketer out of the Bay Area. Grew up and raised in Orange County until about five years ago when I moved to Petaluma. I've been playing video games since I was about three years old. I'm 32 now. I started with Commodore 64 and have been mostly on uh, console since then. Jim? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Jim Staholsky. I'm going to be the East Coast representative of this podcast. If there's any sort of disagreement here between the two of us, we can immediately blame that on this East Side, West Side tension uh, that plagues video game discussion. So I am a professional mathematician, uh, which means I spend my entire life hyperanalyzing everything I look at. Hopefully not to an obnoxious extent, but I guess we will find that out over the course of this podcast. I'm almost exclusively a uh, PC gamer through my life, uh, starting with possibly like, the logical adventure of the Zumbinis and other such means of edutainment. Uh, occasionally I would delve into console titles as well, mostly just to play sports titles on the NES. Base Wars, base, base, let's be honest here, there's Base Wars. There's Base Wars, maybe an extent in Baseball Simulator 1000, because let's be honest, it's not baseball unless someone's carrying a weapon. I believe the only console that I still actually have is my uh, old PS2, which was purchased just to get a tactical RPG fix of Disgaea Hour of Darkness. Um, I grew up in a pretty rural community, meaning there was actually very little to do other than to participate in a World of Warcraft raiding guild. Uh, to your point of playing basically mostly PC stuff, I basically only played consoles. I owned, I've owned essentially every single console since... Commodore, even though that's technically a computer, not a console, but it's treated like a console. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Uh, does this include? Does this include like uh, all the like disasters, like the Engage or the Virtual Boy? I no, not the disaster. The the, the the legitimate ones, the ones that had a lifespan of more than five months. So, well, what is the biggest disaster console that you've owned? Gosh, I almost. I think I owned Jaguar. It. Oh, no, I didn't get that. No, no, no. I think I had the little Neo Geo. Uh, Gosh, I think the little pocket one. The original one. It was terrible. It's a a garbage (laughs) machine. It it went right out the way. I couldn't even trade it in. It was so garbage. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Even GameStop's (laughs) learned better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, But, uh, you know, speaking to sort of some of my... Favorite games in the past? I'm yeah, pretty walk, heavily... us through, walk us through your tastes a little bit, just yeah, so we can, yeah. sure, we can see what kind of context you're coming from here. I'm pretty heavily RPG and uh, sort of a Nintendo bet. Uh, I, I uh, grew up playing the Ultima series, which I'm not sure if you're a lot of you are familiar. It's basically D&D slash Lord of the Rings. In fact, a lot of the Ultima stuff's just ripped off from Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, a little bit of Mario, a little Donkey Kong. I love the Resident Evil series. I loved actually the Xeno a lot of the Square and Xenoblade stuff and Xenogears later, or before that. Metroid, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Assassin's Creed. 
I love everything Final Fantasy until the last three iterations. Even ten, I'm on the fence on sometimes. Some mornings I wake up and I hate ten, and some mornings I wake up and I love it. Final Fantasy Eleven. I'm not a big MMORPG guy, honestly. It's the one genre I don't approach much just because I view game. You know, me, I just like a personal experience, and I like a story, and I like some something to grab onto. And while those do have kind of like an overarching story, those are more about uh, inter- interaction and, and getting to know other people. And, and sometimes they feel a little unfocused to me uh, whenever sure. I play an MORPG. I just like a little bit more, a little bit more focus in, in, in my challenges and my goals and what I need to do in a game. Uh, how about how about you? How about you, Jim? What are some of your favorites? So my my main title of choice is uh, Planescape Torment. Uh, although it's been it's been a very very long time since I've played it, and unfortunately it it kind of falls into that really questionable nostalgia period where I'm not entirely sure how revisiting it will affect my opinion on it. I'm not sure whether it will be like an Adventures of Pete and Pete where it'll turn out that it is this wondrous treasure that has so many layers that I never saw the first time I played it. Uh, or if it'll become stale like the Mighty Ducks franchise. Typically, I, I go for re- just really bizarre titles or things that are that were just not seen before uh, in common uh, in the games market. So, like, I was really into uh, the Cold Sept series uh, back when I was uh, heavily into playing uh, collectible card games because it is functionally like a collectible card game uh, infused with a board game. I was into the uh, tactical RPG uh, genre for a while. Um, Disgaea is my is my favorite simply because I played that one before I played Final Fantasy Tactics, and that's kind of how that debate goes. Which one did you play first? I have a lot of playtime in Team Fortress 2. My, I fly my fanboyism flag for the Shin Megami Tensei series. Uh, I got started on it with Nocturne back on the PlayStation 2. I still believe that that is one of uh, the best console RPGs I have ever played. You gonna buy three? You gonna buy the 3DS for the new one? I'm actually considering it. Uh, I really am. Uh, specifically, there are there's a lot of Shin Megami games uh, on the DS and 3DS, uh, and they're pretty good. Honestly, I'm fair game for mostly anything aside from competitive online games. Uh, I've I've certainly played out. I, I feel like I've, that's it. I've played out myself in terms of online yeah. games. So like at this point, I have no real interest in trying to increase my League of Legends ranking or trying to pick up the new iteration of Guilty Gear again to learn what changes they had done on the one or two characters that I really liked. So we've introduced ourselves. So what are we hoping to accomplish here? Well, like we said, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, we kind of want to just take one more turn with a lot of these classic games. That's sort of our main goal here. We're going to put a little bit of news, like 10 minutes of news in the front of it. And at the end, we're going to spotlight some of these indie games we really like. But the main bulk is the, is like I said before, the boss. We want to just take a game apart, take break it into pieces, talk about its characters, talk about its, you know, Every little bit of it, and then put it back together. And just see see how it it's, check its relevancy, both in cultural and, and and in gaming. There are a few things that I know I certainly would like to address here, and that is uh, not only 
the, the the physical details of the game itself. Where where is its place? Like what what did it come before? What came after? What its influences were and the like. Uh, as well as I would say the the context when we personally played them. Since honestly, that that sets the tone for our own uh, personal means of discussion. Uh, if it's something that you had played when you were very little uh, and had been playing perhaps like through your entire life, it's obviously going to be very different um, than someone like me who is just sitting down with it for the very first time. Right. We're also going to take a look, I guess, at the introduction of the game itself. Like, uh, how does it introduce the player to the mechanics uh, and the world itself? And is it is it consistent then with the rest of the game, or uh, or does a lot of or, or a lot of these lessons? Uh, just left up to the player themselves to figure it out, given the pieces that they were already presented. Uh, finally, uh, have a discussion, almost as if it were like a, mo- a film discussion group. We're going to go into, what's the story here? What is, it, what is this, the story's relevance? How is, how is the story told? How are the characters? How are the characters designed? How many times do they suplex a train? Uh, basically feeding into the idea of all these elements, how do they fit mainly into the gameplay of it. Why is jumping in on a mushroom important to Mario, but not to, say, Sonic, who has to stomp on robotic animals? To turn, to turn them into non-robotic animals. To turn, yes. To kill them, to have them be reborn as non-robotic animals. Why, why <laughs> is that beautiful. important? It's a pattern of rebirth over and over and over again. The circle yes. of life. Yeah, circle of robotic, circle of organic to cybernetic, back to organic life. Right, which may of course be one of the common themes of the of the Sonic series, and the yes. themes are something, and the themes are something important that we are going to be addressing through these. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to be asking why did the game developers choose this? In a sense, you know, we're going to be coming at it through our own perspective. Uh, but the hope is like, you know, why were these choices made? Why were these characters made in this style? Was it just a, was there actual thought behind it, or was it just like, hey, blue a blue hedgehog looks cool? Let's just make it a blue hedgehog. Or is there something actually kind of behind that? I, I we're using Sonic a lot here, but we're probably this will we'll probably you know most of the games are probably going to have a little more substance than, than just running right. We're sticking to Knuckles here. Yes, of course. Oh, he is a very nuanced character. He's red. I had to look up on Wikipedia what an echidna was. Yeah, I still don't know. I'm just I'm not going to look it up. I I prefer the mystery of it. So why? So and that comes down to so what games are we going to play? And how are we going to choose it? And to be blunt, we're going to be despots in this. We're picking our favorites for now. Uh, or games that we've, we, you know, just maybe were popular or we knew that were kind of the big title in whatever year and seemed to have a reputation about them. Uh, but ultimately, the decision is going to come down to which ones we want to play and which ones, you know, we want to check out. We hope the audience makes recommendations to us for games to play. Probably the first few episodes is going to be our favorite titles. And after that, we will go pick purely at random. Let's just visit, like, Giant Bomb's wiki site, click I'm Feeling Lucky, and hey, voila, we're talking Kiss Pinball or Kiss Psycho Circus. Oof. Do we have to play that Aerosmith game where you, like, shoot stuff? Oh, Revolution X? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We've identified uh, a list of popular classics in addition to, I guess what I would consider to be under-the-radar treasures. I'll uh, we'll be picking games probably based mostly on its their more groundbreaking or innovative elements. I want to see things that really hadn't been explored before. 
Um, at least certainly that's what's what's interested me about a number of the titles we'll be looking at here. Uh, We'll also be sticking more to older titles. Yeah, and also with going some of these older titles, uh, you don't have to worry really about spoilers at all. You know, if it's a 10-year-old game, you know, there's a good chance it's already been ruined, so you're just going to go for the experience of it anyway. going to keep this we're doing about an hour you know uh, the hope is to keep it under an hour although that may change in the future but you know it's basically all the super mario speed runs put together i figure if there is if there is a game that warrants um more discussion we may break it up into into multiple episodes uh we will visit that as as the discussion warrants it looking at the first two games here one of them is going to be a uh, beautiful joe I believe Kevin's got the GameCube version. I've got the PlayStation 2 version for the Fat Devil May Cry unlocks. So yeah. we're going to be examining the most beautiful superhero of all time, perhaps even wondering what the hell the word beautiful even means. After a Beautiful Joe, we're going to go into uh, Final Fantasy 1. I. I mean, you guys all know it as the le- very last game Square ever made. Uh, and that's it. I mean, that's going to be the podcast. Expect, expect gaming. Expect classic gaming. So I hope you listen. We'll be, you know, we'll see you soon. Intro music is IED, courtesy of Pixel Hate. That's Pixel H with an 8, off his album, End of the Revolution. You can find his music online at pixelhate.co.uk. Our break music is Blue Paint by Breakbeat Heartbeat off his album 2206 and is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartbeat and the Waveform Generator. You can find his music online at soundcloud.com slash breakbeatheartbeat. One More Turn is produced and hosted by Kevin King and Jim Staholsky. You can find us online at facebook.com slash onemoreturn or on Twitter at onemoreturnpod. For questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at onemoreturnpodcast at gmail.com. We'll make sure to read your feedback just after we play, oh, one more turn. Mm-hmm.